You're listening to Orange County's only station with critical business information, Critical Mass, with your host, Rick Franzi. Welcome to Critical Mass Coast to Coast. I am your host, Rick Franzi. This business talk show airs live on Thursdays at 3 p.m. and is heard exclusively here on internet radio station, octalkradio.net. If you're listening to this show as a podcast, we we encourage you to consider listening to the program live during our broadcast time. The show is brought to you by our sponsors, Commerce National Bank, Succession Strategies, and Smart Business Magazine. The goal for this show is to help you, our listening audience, make better decisions. Critical Mass Coast to Coast is a production of Renaissance Executive Forums and Critical Mass for Business. Renaissance Executive Forums brings together top executives from non-competing companies into an advisory board process through which thousands of leaders gain fresh ideas and new insights. Our show interviews leaders from around the country, and today we have Mike Shannon of Axiom Development. He is the president of the firm. Mike, welcome to Critical Mass Coast to Coast. Rick, thank you for having me this evening. Let's get started by asking you to tell us a little bit about your firm, Axiom Development. We are a specialist in building sustainable, overachieving sales organizations. So there's a lot of sales trainers out in the world, but very few use what I call both science and psychology to impart permanent changes in behaviors. And uh, those permanent changes become part of the core fabric of the company. I like to say, I don't give you a fish, I teach you how to fish, and that lasts you know, over a long period of time. Something like 80 or 90% of sales training effort after 120 days, there's, there's been no change. And so my partners and I call ourselves growth experts because what we're really doing is helping grow the top line of companies that will last not only today but long into the future. So it sounds like you've had a, a career in sales. Can you tell me a little bit about how you got started? Yeah, it's a pretty funny story. This this scene's probably playing itself out in uh, thousands of living rooms across the country right now with all the kids graduating from college and not being able to find a job. But uh, I graduated with an engineering degree, and after, uh, let's say, sowing a few uh, wild oats and uh, living out in the Rocky Mountains, I came home to Pennsylvania where I'd grown up and my dad and I are sitting on the couch after uh, Christmas dinner and uh, he's giving me the old, so what are you going to do with your life? And I'm like, I don't know, Dad, I want to find a job. And he said, well, I think you should get a sales job. And in fact, I want you to start a company with me and it's, you know, manufacturer's rep business. And I said, stop right there, Dad. What do you mean sales? He goes, you know, you, you, you sell stuff to, to companies. I'm like, Dad, salespeople lie and cheat. That's not me. I can't do that. And uh, that's kind of where that conversation ended. A year later, I uh, picked up a bag, as I affectionately call a field sales position, and I've been in sales for over 30 years. Do you still think salespeople lie and cheat? You know, I, that's a perception that so many people have. And uh, that first sales job I had, I was meeting with the VP of sales and the president of the company over lunch. 
and I was telling them that I, I needed they needed to send me to school so I could learn how to negotiate. And they kind of looked at me funny and says, well, what do you mean? And I said, well, I mean, I don't lie to, I don't know how to lie to people, so, you know, I need to, I need to learn how to do that if I'm going to negotiate. And they just burst out laughing, and these guys are from North Carolina, so you can just imagine, you know, this, this Yankee's coming into town and, uh, you know, talking about things that he doesn't really know what he's talking about, and they're all salts in, uh, in the sales world. And this guy looked at me and he says, Mike, use that. I'm like, what do you mean? He said, trust me, we've got plenty of people that can negotiate. Use your integrity. It'll land you way more business over your career than any ability to, quote, unquote, negotiate. So, no, in fact, I believe now that the, uh, the people who lie are actually the buyers, not the salespeople. What do you mean by that? Well, I think I don't know. Somehow it got chiseled into into the uh, the stone tap. Everybody thinks there's ten commandments, but in reality, there's eleven commandments. And the eleventh being, it's okay to lie to salespeople. Um, back in the uh, if you read the book, the Moses came off the mountain with a couple of stone tablets in his hand, and he tripped and fell, and he smashed to the ground. He ran back up the mountain, and God chiseled out a new set. And when he came down, there was an 11th commandment. It's okay to lie to salespeople. Interesting. Uh, do you, why do you think buyers lie to salespeople, then? You know, it's, it's a crazy thing. I mean, look, picture yourself. You're, you're going in to buy a car, and, you know, you, you feel like they're they're telling you stories and they're going to get the manager and, you know, all the games that uh, that industry you know, had played. I don't know that they play those games much anymore, but um, it's just a, a perception that buyers have that the salespeople are lying to them, so it's okay for them to lie back. And, and I think we actually get conditioned very early in life. I mean, imagine the, you're sitting at the dinner table at 6 o'clock and the phone rings and, Little Johnny uh, jumps up to answer the phone, hello, you know, he's five years old at the time, and he listens quietly, and, and he turns and he says, Daddy, he wants to talk to the man of the house, and Daddy looks at Johnny and says, Johnny, tell him I'm not here, and so Johnny faithfully answers, hi, Daddy says he's not here, and, and okay, bye, and hangs up. Now, you know, what was Johnny just programmed? So you say it happens at a very young age to disrespect salespeople or distrust them, maybe. A very young age, and you know, if you look at look at the, uh, the educational institutions in our world, I've read that the second most popular job for college graduates is some form of a sales position, and yet. Something like one percent of the colleges and universities in our country. There's four thousand. Something like forty or fifty of them actually have a quote-unquote sales program. And you know, how does that make sense? It's the second most popular occupation for college graduates, but nobody's teaching it. Maybe that's part of the reason why so many kids can't find work today. Interesting. We're going to take our first uh, sponsorship break. I want you to think about this question and, and help share some of the what you know about this answer with our audience when we get back if you would mike and that is 
you know, what, from your perspective, what's changed in the sales world of, you know, the world of professional selling over your career? So, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to be back with the answer to that question in just a few short minutes. So stay tuned. Don't go anywhere. You're listening to Critical Mass Coast to Coast, and we'll be right back. Can we talk about your family business? You know, that thing you put your whole life's blood, sweat, and tears into? Well, what happens when you retire or try and pass that business on to your children? At Succession Strategies, we can help you find the answers. We'll guide you through the unsettling process of protecting your family legacy and successfully passing your business on to the next generation, safely and securely ensuring that it'll both survive and thrive for generations to come. So ask yourself just one question. Can I really afford to wait? Take the first step. Take our complimentary self-assessment if you at SuccessionStrategies.com this message or is call for us you. at 714-560-9022. Set up a free consultation to your at your, your company. Where do you That's Succession-Strategies.com. If you are an Orange County business executive, this message is for you. Do you ever feel isolated with no place to turn for advice or feedback? Who holds you accountable to your commitments in your company? Where do you find the right resources to help you and your company grow? If you have these questions, then Critical Math for Business might be the answer for you. Critical Mass for Business is committed to helping you make better decisions. These are groups of peers running businesses just like you, providing a great sounding board to test ideas and concepts, review plan and goals, and present issues and opportunities for discussion. The result is improved strategy, accountability, people, and execution skills. If you are interested in learning more, go to www.criticalmassforbusiness.com and learn more about our executive peer group. Welcome back to Critical Mass Coast to Coast. This is the show that airs every Thursday live here on Internet Radio Station octalkradio.net. But it is one of three shows in the Critical Mass Radio Show series on Tuesday at 4 p.m. All times are West Coast times. Here on octalkradio.net is our business show focused on leading entrepreneurs from Southern California. <clears throat> on Wednesday is our nonprofit show, again at 4 p.m. Let's get back to our guest, Mike Shannon. Mike, what do you think has changed in the professional sales world since you started your career? That's kind of a softball, Rick. That was, a, that was an easy question because the... The world of sales has changed forever, not because salespeople have changed, but because buying has changed. And, you know, in the 80s and 90s, I used to drive around with trunk full of catalogs and samples and information that if people needed information, they would have to talk to a salesperson. And, you know, we were purveyors of, of knowledge and information. Well, the Internet has changed all of that, and as a result, the buying paradigm has changed as well. There's an article published in the Harvard Business Review in the July-August edition 
about a study where 1,400 companies were evaluated, and they determined that those companies were 60% of the way through their buying process before they ever talked to a salesperson. So if buyers have changed their process and salespeople haven't kept pace, we've really obsoleted ourselves. Do you see any other fundamental changes happening in sales? Yeah, there's there's actually a, a very large trend that's uh, beginning, and it's got uh, a lot more uh, length to go or, or distance to go, and that's the trend from outside sales being replaced by inside sales. And the reason I say that is because, you know, at the pace of business and the world today, everybody's, you know, going 24-7 and, you know, they just don't have time to have a, a donut delivering a bagel bringing sales guy come in and, and chew up time and talk about games, uh, you know, the weather. And, and so everybody's so frantically busy that um, they don't want people sitting in their office. And the cost of a field salesperson, you know, is pretty significant compared to an inside person. So we've got um, just the economies of inside sales versus outside. You can get a 5 or 10 to 1 productivity enhancement uh, if you're talking to folks on the phone in terms of the number of actual contacts you can make in a day. And that doesn't mean that the best selling is done face-to-face. I'm still an advocate of whenever you can get out there and meet people face-to-face, but the frequency of those face-to-face visits, I think, has diminished quite a bit. And the other transition is something that I'm seeing is that technical people that might have a a professional engineering uh, degree and, and responsibility or in the insurance world a uh, production underwriting responsibility, those folks are actually being um, becoming obligated and responsible for more of the revenue generation of their companies. So these are technical folks who have a sales role to play in their companies. And that's a, that's a beginning trend that I think is really starting to gain a lot of momentum as well. So it sounds like you're saying there are people in the company who don't have the typical sales responsibility who are becoming representatives or having to sell for the firm as well as the traditional salesperson? Absolutely. You know, your your traditional salesperson might be the one that goes out and initiates the relationship, but the technical person is kind of a catcher and they deal with the day-to-day transactions. Uh, I've got one client up in New York, and this is in the insurance industry. There was a gal that uh, I worked with in 2010, and she was, I mean, scared to death when the sales training guy came in to work with her company. Um, you know, she was just petrified that she would have to learn to lie and cheat, like, uh, you know, her perception, the same as everybody else, right? And, um, about three, four months into my program, she started experimenting with some of the things I was teaching her and found that they were successful. So she tried some more stuff and became more successful. And after about a year, she went from becoming you know, a marginalized employee with just some technical skill and not that much value to the company 
to being one of their rock stars when it came to production. And I talked to the COO just recently, and she's still continuing to produce uh, two years later. And I went back to her and I said, you know, what is it that, that turned you on? I mean, what, what engaged you in, in wanting to learn more? And she told me that she had a daughter who wanted to go to college, and she wanted to make sure she was going to be in a position to help pay for that. So she took the risk of learning more. You know, even though her title was underwriter, she saw the writing on the wall that if she could become more effective in the sales or production end of it, is what they call it in the insurance world, that her value would increase and she'd have guaranteed employment. And I'm just seeing that, you know, think of all the professional industries, whether it's engineering firms, accounting firms, lawyers, you know, finding new business is becoming increasingly critical to everybody in, in virtually every company today. Especially as there's less demand across many, if not most, industries, finding that business and securing it is tougher through the Great Recession than when there was more demand uh, before the recession. Absolutely. You know, it's, it's been a tough, uh, a tough couple of years and you know, a, lot of, a lot of cutbacks across you know, every industry. And so finding new clients, new customers has become that much more difficult. Let's change our direction for a little bit here. I want to kind of look inward a little bit and ask you if you could discuss your experience and maybe a key lesson or two that you've learned through your business life that's helping you today to lead Axiom Development. You know, I think uh, probably the the first point would be almost a confession of sorts because you know I spent 30 years in sales and running sales companies and. And I know now that I did way more things wrong than I did right. And I got involved in the sales development world about six years ago. And when that happened, it was like the blinders came off. For the first time, I realized just how poorly I was managing both myself as well as the people working for me. And the irony of that is now when I go out to other companies, I see the exact same thing. They, they really don't know what they don't know, but, uh, you know, we salespeople tend to have a little bit of pride and ego, and as a result, we're, we're fearful of asking for help. And the fact that I was in their shoes, I think, really helps me relate to those people. And, you know, I'm not asking them to do anything I haven't asked myself and don't continue to ask myself on a daily basis. And then I think the other uh, key guiding principle for me is a, a process of realizing that I'm, I'm not just working with employees of some company, I'm working with people, you know, real human beings. And when I founded my company, I had recently come back from a trip to Ireland, and with a name like Shannon, you can imagine a little bit of Irish heritage there. And uh, while in Ireland, we discovered these Celtic crosses. And the Celtic cross uh, has three points on it, and it's, they represent, uh, in my mind, uh, mind, body, and spirit. And those are the three foundational concepts that I believe are necessary for people to be truly happy. And so when I'm 
you know, working with my clients, staff, um, trying to help them become aware of the importance of addressing those three areas if they truly also want to be happy. And I, I thought I had come up with this mind, body, spirit thing on my own, and I uh, recently saw it on a T-shirt from somebody was wearing it, and I said, where the heck did you get that T-shirt? And he says, ah, the YMCA, that's, that's their motto. So I guess I can't take credit for uh, dreaming up that uh, mind, body, spirit thing, but uh, I truly believe that uh, it's a three-legged stool, and if you take one of those legs away, it's just going to fall apart or fall over. Interesting, and thanks for um, giving us such a personal aspect to your guiding principle. We're going to take a short sponsorship break. It's the second one here in the program. But I, I want to come back, and when we get back, Mike, I'm going to ask you maybe to explain a little bit more of the three points that you alluded to in, in your previous answer. So, ladies and gentlemen, stay tuned. We're only going to step away very briefly. When we come back, more with our interview with Mike Shannon here today on Critical Mass Coast to Coast. My company made the switch to Commerce National Bank about six months ago. Our relationship officer was there every step of the way to make the transition as seamless as possible. We had an early hiccup with a deposit scanner, but they dropped everything and drove right to our offices to help. We couldn't feel better about our decision to switch. Instead of calling an 800 number and navigating through automated menus, now I call my Commerce National Bank relationship officer directly for any questions we have. Just knowing that they're so easily accessible and willing to help really puts me at ease. They offer the same technology as the big banks, but deliver it with superior service and training. They're also rated a full five stars by Bauer Financial. So if your organization is a small or medium-sized business in Orange County, you should make the switch too. Call Mary Miller, Senior Vice President, at 949-870-3863 or visit them online at www.commercenatbank.com. That's commercenatbank.com. Give Commerce National a chance to do better than your bank, and they'll handle the rest. It takes 12 years to create a graduate. It takes about the same time to create a dropout. And at the end of the day, the difference between a child becoming one or the other could be you. So United Way is asking you to make a pledge. Tutor a child who needs help. Mentor a kid who needs someone on their side. Volunteer to read to children. Because when a child advances, we all advance. Be a reader. Tutor or mentor. Give. Advocate. Volunteer. Live United. Take the pledge now at liveunited.org. Brought to you by United Way and the Ad Council. Critical Mass Coast to Coast. I am your host, Rick Franzi. Today we have Mike Shannon as our featured guest. He is the president of Axiom Development, and we're talking all things sales. Uh, before we took the break, you gave us insight into your guiding principle, and there were three things that you had spoke about. And Mike, I thought I'd bring you back to that and maybe ask you to explain each of those three points. Sure, I'd be happy to. The, those three points, again, are mind, body, and spirit. And when you refer to mind, what I'm talking about is the process of continuous learning. And it's like I stuck my toe in the water of this field of Salesforce development and learned very quickly how little I knew. And so now I'm just a vociferous reader. I actually listen to way more books than I read because I download them to my iPod or put them on CDs and driving around. You know, I'm listening all the time, and I'll listen to the same book three, four, five times because I get new content, uh, new meaning every time. But 
that process of continuous learning, I think, is critical. You hear about the 80 or 90-year-old that's going back and getting a college degree. Those are people that understand that, that part of the joy in life is being engaged and involved in learning is just a critical part of that. And there's an unlimited amount of information for us out there. So yeah, that's uh, one of the reasons I actually wrote my book, which we'll probably talk about in a minute. But body, of course, speaks to physical fitness. And, you know, the key to... The key to physical fitness, I think, is not overindulging in anything, uh, you know, but trying to keep some balance or moderation. And I was always stayed relatively fit, but I've been blessed to uh, find a, an activity playing ice hockey, which I, I love, and I play a couple days a week, and that keeps me very active. And I started uh, working out more because I realized that uh, lifting weights and, you know, doing a little bit of workouts, uh, in addition to just skating, helped my game. So I was kind of selfishly trying to, A, stay healthy, and B, uh, minimize the deterioration of my hockey game. So I started working out more, and, and, you know, now I'm in my 50s, and I feel like I'm in better shape than I was in my 40s. So I, I think maintaining your, you know, your physical condition is critical. And then finally is is the spirit piece and i was in my mid-30s and was kind of you know felt like i had a lot of things going on i had family and house and cars and dogs and you know i had things pretty good but there was still something missing and and then i i stumbled into a, a church and uh met a pastor that uh shared with me something that blaze pascal had written uh centuries ago that there's a god-shaped vacuum in the heart of every man, which cannot be filled by any created thing, but only by God. And so I began what I call my walk. You know, I think that's the term that a lot of folks use. And that's been 20-plus years of just trying to understand more about, you know, God and his existence and, and you know, so many of the principles that I teach in, you know, my training programs. You can go back to the Bible and found the, find the origin of a lot of that. So, you know, mind is learning, body is physical fitness, and spirit is that, uh, that God-shaped void that uh, only he can fill. And I think those are the three components to, to true happiness as a person. Listening to the chronology of that, that tells me or leads me to suspect that you didn't always or haven't always followed these three principles in your life. Yeah, it, you you figured that out. I'm just like uh, every other person, right? I uh, like I said, I sowed some wild oats in my day, and uh, uh, it's kind of ironic that uh, it was actually the spiritual piece that I picked up first. And uh, it wasn't until I, like I said, I was in my early fifties that I I realized the joy of learning. And you know, maybe it was because I was too busy raising a family and everything in the earlier years that. I didn't dedicate the time, but I could have. I just didn't choose to do that, didn't realize how much joy I would get from continuous learning. And, you know, I'm, I'm not going to speculate here, Rick, uh, on how old you are, but when you, when you play an active sport like ice hockey and, you know, in your 20s and 30s, you know, you just did everything, came kind of naturally, but in your 40s you started to realize that, you know, that puck coming across the ice to you is 
you know, I'm going to handle this puck, and wait a second, it just went by me. How come my... Mm-hmm. How come I didn't stop it, or my reflexes weren't fast enough? And and then guys are kind of just going by you, and you're, you see your strength deteriorating. And uh, you know, there's I think it's I'm guessing it peaks somewhere in your mid 30s, and uh, the initial decline or deterioration is relatively slow, so you're not aware of it. But by the time you hit 50, uh, I think it's critical that the older we get, the more active we get. And you know, I just enjoy the feeling of fitness and i know it really helps you know my energy levels and and i think it helps people you know look at you and say well you know this guy is he's walking the talk you know because he's he's staying after it he's staying fit and plus it allows me to get knocked to the ice every once in a while and get backed up and uh, keep playing. So Yeah, I, I think physical fitness, I, I think we're probably contemporaries as far as age goes, and it's been my experience too. I share your feelings. I think I'm in better shape in my 50s than I was in my 40s because I'm just working at it. And the body, the body responds when you put it under a little bit of physical exertion. I keep telling my uh, producer, who just seems to do nothing but shove food in his mouth all day, that he, he needs to get out and get more active. I know that he's wanted to start this walking program, and boy, have I heard about it on a regular basis, but I don't see him out in the streets too often walking. But nonetheless, I agree with you. you got to do something, and the body will, will respond. Absolutely. Keep encouraging him. Well, I do, but he's a little you know stubborn. Um, let me ask you a question regarding uh, peer groups. You said you're kind of you enjoy learning, and you've discovered that now in your fifties. Many people that join CEO peer groups are lifelong learners, and they find that as a fountain of information and ideas. Can can you share your experience, direct experience, with what we call CEO peer groups? Absolutely, and and again, I I'm aware you know, executive forums and that concept has really resonated for me ever since I learned about them, you know, several years ago, but I hadn't ever participated in a group myself. And last May, a year ago, May, four other peers of mine, so we're all in the same business, we were at a conference and we decided to go out to dinner. And out of that dinner, we decided to hold a monthly conference call. Well, that became twice a month became every week, became a two-day get-together this September a year ago, and um, this peer group, what I call a mastermind group, has had such a huge impact on all five of us. We've all raised the bar in terms of our performance. We've shared best practices, and I mean, these folks, I'm, I'm the oldest of the five, and they all wanted their business or want their businesses to become larger than something I had planned. So I've changed my expectations and, you know, now have plans to expand my business beyond where I ever thought it might go. But ironically, this group, I guess the, you know, the synergy was just so powerful that we've decided to turn it into a separate business. And we've started an online training company called Driving Outcomes. And uh, that's a, a part of our development program where we do what we call blended learning. So we do you know, front-of-the-room stuff. We do coaching. We do webinars. But we also uh, avail our clients of some online training. And we decided to, uh, to form our own company. We were all buying that service from a third party. We bought the content from him. We've hosted it onto an industry standard platform. And 
we now meet uh, get together on a quarterly basis. We have weekly phone calls. Uh, we're all helping each. You know, we're all rewriting some of the content, so we're going to produce a better product in in one fifth the time it, it would take an individual to do. I, I cannot imagine. <laughs> I, I none of this would have happened without my peer group. And. Um... Your story's not common, but the fact that you get new inspiration, ideas, and insights, and through the collaboration of a mastermind group, you're able to create an outcome that you couldn't individually or solely envision yourself. I think that is, that's great, great endorsement of masterminds and CEO peer groups. I, I want to go in a little different direction this time now. Let's talk about a valuable business lesson you learned in your career, but it might have come at the time what, what felt like a difficult or maybe even a painful experience. Yeah, that's an easy one, too. Um, so I don't know if you can imagine, but trying to uh, convince business owners they need to invest a substantial sum of money and period of time uh, in developing their staff, is a, it's a tough sell. I mean, it's without a doubt the toughest thing I've ever had to sell. And I was about two years into this business and just barely getting by and um, I was actually working with another company at the time, and that company uh, signed up with a, a company that I now represent called Objective Management Group, and they had developed this evaluation tool that um, you know used to evaluate salespeople. And so you know I'm just I'm in that learning phase, right? So I'm like the first thing I did was take the evaluation. And it came back and said I had no desire for success in sales and that I was committed, I took responsibility, good outlook, but that I had three fundamental weaknesses that were going to prevent me from being effective in my sales career. Now, this is 25 years into what I would you know, say was a successful, I mean, I raised my family right <laughs> in sales, owned sales companies, sold $20 million manufacturing contracts twice, and I've had a lot of success. And this report's telling me that I'm not going to be successful. And that experience, um, I actually was in a meeting. First of all, when I got the report, I was in complete denial about what it said. I just threw it in the drawer. I said, that's a bunch of crap. And the guy I was working with at the time said, that was pretty interesting, huh? And, uh, you know, in his his wise way, didn't, didn't... say, you know, you're fired because you're never going to be successful. But uh, months later, I was in a sales situation with a, somebody I knew actually played hockey with, and this meeting was not going well at all. And as a result of that, I was literally sweating through my T-shirt, and it was March and it's cold here in Pennsylvania, you know, and I'm driving home in this clammy, wet T-shirt, and I'm thinking to myself, that evaluation you took four months ago said something about you getting emotional. You better go back and reread that thing. And when I went back and reread it, in a, you know, looking through a different set of glasses, I realized that everything it said about me was spot on, 100% true. And the desire part was because I don't honestly enjoy selling today. I enjoy developing people. What I've learned is the only way I can develop and help other people is if I sell effectively. So 
you know, I would not be in this business today, quite honestly, if I hadn't gone through that evaluation process. Sometimes it hurts to see yourself the way you are, but it's good to take those tests. Yeah, if you're open to, you know, using it as a guide, now that I get it, I every time I'm... I'm coaching somebody or even just observing myself in a sales situation. I see these behaviors and these things, hear these things coming out of my mouth, and I'm like, there it is again. Your need for approval is getting in the way of you asking a tough question. You know, just Interesting. You know, really you know I have a few minutes left here on the radio program. I'm wondering if you can stay with me over the next maybe four questions that I kind of would hoping to ask you here on the show today. Can you stay with me a little longer? Happy to, Rick. All right. Mike Shannon is going to stay with us through the final episode or section here of Critical Mass Coast to Coast. So, ladies and gentlemen, stay tuned. We'll be right back. I've got a handful of questions we're going to finalize the interview with. But first, let's spend just a couple minutes with a, a few of our sponsors. Smart Business Network is a business-to-business multimedia company providing insight, advice, and strategy for C-level executives of fast growth, middle market, and large companies. As one of the nation's largest publishers of local management journals, under the Smart Business name, Smart Business Network publishes 19 regional print editions, presents dozens of large and small-scale business conferences and award programs, and produces a vibrant interactive digital media presence. For more information, visit us at www.sbnonline.com. This is the sound of a flat-screen television hurled off a building. Now the new bike your kid wants. These are the things you could have all cast into oblivion. Because when you throw away money on wasted electricity, you throw away everything you could have bought with it. Use Energy Star light bulbs and appliances, and you could save hundreds of dollars a year. Saving energy saves you money. Learn more at energysavers.gov. Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Energy and the Ad Council. Coast to Coast. I am your host, Rick Franzi, Mike Shannon, president of Axiom Development, is our featured guest for today's program. And we've got about 10 minutes left here on the show, and I have a few questions I want to get through. So uh, the first one would be, what's the current challenge facing the business, and and what are you doing about it? How are you dealing with that challenge? I think uh, anybody who makes their living in trying to find new business, new revenue, generate new revenues, knows how hard it is to get people's attention there's just so many images, messages coming at us. I, I've heard crazy figures, thousands of, of things a day. So how do you break through that? How do you get through the noise and get somebody's attention? People don't return phone calls anymore. They ignore emails. And so you know, prospecting is the single biggest challenge that I and, and every salesperson out there has to, to try and figure out how to deal with. And the... So what I've been doing is actually a lot more holding myself accountable for my activities, and I use multiple methodologies of reaching out to people, including you know serving on boards, you know networking where you're you know you're building relationships with people. I've invested a ton of, of time and energy and money into marketing this year. I published a book, um, and I also think that me becoming a specialist as opposed to a generalist is, um, you know, is helping me kind of focus in. And obviously we talked about the peer group, and that's had a a huge impact. Accountability is is key. 
And, uh, in fact, if there's anybody out there who wants to be a sales manager, I'm looking to hire one for myself because, you know, even I, as, you know, as a sales expert, coach it, train it, talk about it 24-7, I need a good sales manager. Congratulations on writing and publishing a book. I know that's no easy feat. But tell us about your book and its title and how does it, how, how would somebody get it if they were interested in it? Tell us about the book. So I, I published a book called Hooked on Hopium. That's opium with an H in front of it. And it's kind of a play on the word hope, hooked on hope, that uh, one of my clients actually said that's what his sales manager said to him. You guys, you guys don't do the right stuff. You're hooked on hopium. You're just hoping you'll get business, and hope is not a sales strategy. And uh, so I, I love that title, and I wrote a book that's uh, just a quick, entertaining parable, really about the metamorphosis of a salesperson and it's written in a conversational tone. It's actually a couple of guys at a coffee shop uh, six years ago and then today. And the one guy was forced to go through a, a sales training program by the new CEO who came into his company and uh, was grousing about it, but was also sitting there complaining about how tough things were and you know trying to get through to people. And so this uh, metamorphosis, uh, six years later, they, they meet up again, and the, the one guy is retired in place. He's working three days a week and doing volunteer work another couple of days a week because he's had so much success that he's been able to, you know, to back off, and he, he really works because he wants to. And it, all I was trying to do with this book is make it light, entertaining and engaging and hopefully the net result is somebody's inspired to just want to learn whether it's read a sales book follow a blog you know hire a coach whatever and they uh, they can get the book hooked on hopium on amazon it's available both kindle format as well as a paperback and they could also uh, get it off of my website Interesting. How long? Um, how long has the book been on the market? I published it in April of this year, and you know the greatest endorsement I've had is I've given quite a few copies away to presidents of companies, and about a half a dozen have now come bought, come back and bought ten, twenty, thirty for all of their their sales staff, and so that's you know that that tells me it, it hits the mark i've had people say i read this in one sitting on the beach I and mean, it's like a hundred pages long uh -huh. and i've got cartoons in there to make it entertaining so it's uh it, it's a quick read and it's uh i think a, a good summary of of a lot of the things a lot of the concepts that i teach okay two final questions um next to the last one is tell us about growth you know current opportunity for building the business and beyond what we've already discussed here on Critical Mass Coast to Coast? You know, I, I mentioned this um, trend of technical people becoming more responsible for sales. I think that's a huge opportunity uh, for people like myself. And, and I, if I have a unique gift, I think it's helping those non-sales professionals become more comfortable in that role. And, and it's, that is virtually unlimited uh, upside opportunity. And, of course, my, uh, my peer group, Driving Outcomes, our business, um, that's also with the online training. It's not 
ready for prime time and that we're not offering it, you know, marketing it uh, independently as a standalone platform, that will happen sometime in the next two years. So that has a lot of upside potential for us as well. To learn more about you, your firms, quote-unquote, and your book, uh, where would you tell them to go to find you online? The Axiom Development, uh, www.axiomdevelopment.com. That's my website. And, um, you know, they can go there. They can learn about me. I do have a specialization in the insurance world that I'm working in, again, with these underwriters, helping them become more comfortable in that uh, sales role. And if they're interested in the book, they can get that off of Amazon. And there's also a link. Uh, I think it says buy it now on my on the book page of my website. And I'll even throw a special offer out there for your listeners, Rick, if, if they're interested. I've got a, uh, a discount code. Uh, you have to buy it through that website. So you got to you know, go to my site and click on the buy it now, not the Amazon icon. But uh, if they enter in the following eight letters, uh, so everybody get your pens ready if you're interested. The book's only 15 bucks, 14.95, and you can get a $5 discount if you buy it off of my site. And it's uh, G-C-R-U-H-D-X-R. And I'll do that phonetically. George Charlie Robert um, Underwear, Henry David Xavier Robert. Uh, those, are, those are eight letters that will get you a $5 discount. I'm going to... Leave that up. I ran a webinar this week, and I offered it to people. You buy it this week, you can uh, get that discount. So I'll offer that to your listeners as well through the end of this week. Oh, we appreciate that, and hopefully some of our listeners will take action and, and buy your book, Mike. Well, I, I want to thank you for being a friend of the program, being our featured guest here on the radio show. I also want to thank Ken Wax, our Renaissance Executive Forum's business partner in your market, who brought you to our attention. and. On behalf of my producer and others, I uh, want to just thank you for being a part of our community. Thanks, Rick. Keep up the good work. I really uh, do appreciate what you guys do out there for business owners. All right, ladies and gentlemen, I hope from my conversation with Mike Shannon today, you were able to pick up some ideas and inspiration that can help you to make better decisions. If you're listening to us live, then you may want to stay tuned because the show that's immediately following us here today is The Coaching Perspective with host Doug Gefeller, and I'm sure it'll be a rousing hour conversation with Doug and uh, here on Critical Mass, the radio show. And until the next time we have a chance to talk, here's hoping that all of your decisions will move your business in a positive direction. You've been listening to Critical Mass Coast to Coast, only on OCTalkRadio.net.